It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And again, I'm the new host of Locked On Thunder. And today we're going to continue involving the fans on the show and taking over Reddit with some of your favorite what-ifs and Thunder history. But first, we're going to get into some news and notes around the NBA and directly involving your Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast, of course, is powered by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. It was announced on Monday by ESPN's Royce Young that the Oklahoma City Thunder would reopen their practice facility for voluntary workouts. They've also gotten permission to test all of their players, and that makes 17 out of 30 NBA teams practicing once again. And I mentioned this on the first show on Monday, it wouldn't make sense for the NBA to push so hard for teams to reopen, to send teams back to the facility if there was no plan to play. I think that we're going to absolutely see NBA basketball this season resume in about July. It's just how, when, and and where is it going to take place. So this kind of just feeds into that. It's another, it's another team that's on the list that's practicing right now. It's, of course, the hometown Thunder. It's good that they got the permission from the state to test the players. And from there, we're just kind of waiting out time until the season resumes. There's no real news, no real content here because we don't know who showed up to practice. We don't know any of that information, but it is a good sign that teams are starting to trickle in to their practice facilities. Again, 17 out of 30 is not too bad for the circumstances that we're in. I know that California has okayed pro sports as well, so we'll see. The Clippers are already back. The Lakers are back. We'll see more teams start to get into their practice facilities in the coming days and coming weeks before we get the official announcement from the NBA, whenever that is, deciding the fate of this season. If there is a season that resumes, which I think, again, that there will be, the Utah Jazz will be without Bogdan Bogdanovich. He, of course, is out for the rest of the season with a wrist injury. That was also reported on Monday. And, you know, you'd hate to fall into the same trap that Thunder fans did last year. If I take you back to last year, round one, the Thunder fans were ecstatic, including myself, when they drew the Portland Trailblazers. Even though the Trailblazers were the three-seed, they were still out of their minds happy about playing Portland, and, I, and so was I. Again, they, they didn't have Nurkic. They had a banged-up C.J. McCollum. The injuries were stacking up in Portland, and it looked like this Thunder team would handle them. So you don't want to overcorrect and do that same thing in this series. However, I will say that losing Bogdanovich for the Jazz is 
almost a death blow to that offense. It was an offense that wasn't really clicking without him. He's a really good scorer, a really good shooter for that team. You know, you, you throw in the weird Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert component of all of this, and Gobert, you know, before the season was suspended, Gobert was not playing very well down the stretch of that season. I don't see the Jazz being able to handle this blow. I would have already predicted that the Thunder win for in the first round against the Jazz, but now without Bogdanovich, I'm not sure that the Jazz can overcome this blow of losing one of their best scores. I mean, you look at their offensive numbers, and with him on the floor, they're exponentially better than with him off of it. So this is going to be a big deal. And again, it could end up being the same story as last year, where you get so excited about these injuries uh, in the sense of it helping the Thunder. But... I, I just do not think that the Jazz have the same firepower the Blazers did to overcome a Nurkic. It's easier to overcome a Nurkic, whenever, especially when you get a huge game out of Enos Kanter in Game 1, but it's a lot harder to overcome Bogdanovich, who, again, is one of your top scorers in Utah, and they were already struggling this season. The Thunder would have overtaken them for the, for the fourth seed that night, I think, whenever the season was suspended. So a lot goes into it, for sure. I think that this is going to be the reason the Jazz don't make it out of the first round. Again, if we have a season, if it resumes, and if the standings stay the same as they do right now, I think that this is going to be the reason that they point to and say they couldn't get out of the first round because they didn't have Bogdanovich. He's a really good player. He has been a really good player, and he was playing very well this year, and he was the reason the Jazz were in the position that they were in. And so now I wanted to get into the Reddit what-ifs. It's what-if week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can go to any of your favorite teams, and they'll be doing what-ifs about that franchise. For me, I wanted to take to Reddit and get your opinions on what your favorite or least favorite what-ifs in Thunder history are. So I've gotten a, a couple responses here that I want to address on this show. We'll start with Vince McMahon's burner account. He again puts into Reddit, what if Kevin Durant stayed in 2016, what happens to the Warriors, and do the Oklahoma City Thunder have a championship by now? So this is a great question because it's pretty much the biggest what-if in Thunder history and one of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history. Uh, but You know, you look at the Kevin Durant situation, I think that the Thunder absolutely have a championship by now if he does return to Oklahoma City. You know, because if you look at the roster, they had just traded for Oladipo, just traded for Sabonis. Sounds like they would have had Al Horford. That's been well reported that he would have came back to reunite with Billy Donovan, his college coach, and join Russell Westbrook, join Kevin Durant. And Horford has been a big playoff player for the Celtics in this stretch that he would have been on the Thunder for. You add Kevin Durant to that team again, you know, you know, you don't lose him at all. That would have been a formidable team. That would have been a championship-level team. They should have won the championship the year he left. I mean, blowing a 3-1 lead is funny. There's a lot of jokes about it. But that doesn't happen nine times out of ten, and I and I fully believe that if they get past the Warriors that year, they just mop the floor with Cleveland. Locked on Cavs can come for me if they want to, but this Thunder team would have destroyed Cleveland. So they should have already had a championship. If Kevin Durant stays, then they for sure have one by now. With that group, again, adding Al Horford would have been huge. You'd still have Oladipo. You'd still have Sabonis if you want to make another move. Or if you just want to watch them turn into all-stars, that's a, a possibility as well. And you look at what Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan did in the postseason. He was awesome. I mean, he outcoached Popovich. He was getting praised in that postseason for a first-year head coach. Does his, traje- does his trajectory as a coach change if he has Kevin Durant? I think it absolutely does. However, for the Warriors' sake, 
they're still going to be great. I mean, they were great without Kevin Durant. And that was what was so heartbreaking for Thunder fans, was that they were already great. They were already all-time great without Kevin Durant. They were beatable, though, without Kevin Durant. As you saw with the Thunder almost beating them, they were beatable. It was hard to beat them, but they were beatable. I think that, that the Thunder absolutely have a title right now today if Kevin Durant stayed in Oklahoma City. This podcast is sponsored by Built Bar, and I just love Built Bar. They've sent every host on the network a complimentary box of Built Bars, and they're gone. I'll tell you that right now. They're gone. I think every host has already destroyed their May box of Built Bars because they're that good. Only 110 calories, only 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of carbs. They're low in sugar, low in carbs, low in calories, and they truly do taste great. They taste like a candy bar. They get you the protein that you need, the energy that you need to keep going pre-workout, post-workout. You can even use them as an individual meal, say for a breakfast, and it fills you up and it will last you that long. It is a great product. I cannot recommend Built Bar enough. My personal favorite has to be the banana nut bread, but I love every flavor that you go on the website, BuiltBar.com. You go there, every flavor that says peanut butter in it, just go ahead and get it. I promise you, it'll be very good. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now, order your own box of Built Bars, but use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This might be my personal favorite of all the what-ifs in Thunder history, and that is what if Tyson Chandler does in fact get traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And for those of you that can't remember, Tyson Chandler was traded to the Thunder for Chris Wilcox, Joe Smith, and Devon Harden, and the trade was rescinded by the Thunder due to Chandler's medical history. And Tyson Chandler could have been one of the first players to ever play for the Oklahoma City Hornets and for the Thunder. Chris Paul has since done that this year. But the question is, what if that goes through? And I'm saying championships. And this is another bold statement out of the gate. It's another championship I've promised you if things go differently. But you look at what happened when Tyson Chandler joins that Dallas Mavericks team. He is the difference maker. And basically, when you take a step back from all of this, swap Tyson Chandler out on those Thunder rosters and put him in place of Kendrick Perkins. That's the upgrade you're getting for this team is is Tyson Chandler. He brought energy. He brought passion. He brought leadership. He brought defense, which is the most important part of all this. He was an anchor for that Dallas lineup, and he helped Dirk get his first title. He helped the Mavs beat the Heat. He was awesome. And and when Kevin Durant goes on Twitter and, and takes out Perkins and says, you know, we could have done a lot more if our, if our center didn't average two points a game. There's a lot of truth in that. And I know that that Kevin Durant is immature on Twitter and things like that, but there's a ton of truth in that. If you give me Tyson Chandler on those teams instead of Kendrick Perkins, things are totally different. They're totally different. Just take the 2011 postseason for each of them. Tyson Chandler's in Dallas. Kendrick Perkins is in Oklahoma City. Kendrick Perkins gave the Thunder four and a half points and six and a half rebounds with almost a block a game. Tyson Chandler 
gave the Mavericks that postseason eight points, nine rebounds, a block a game, and almost a steal per game. He was very good with that Dallas squad. And you have to remember, on that Dallas team, Dirk Nowitzki had about 550-point efforts throughout the postseason. There was not a lot of scoring to go along to go around. And you say the same thing with Oklahoma City, with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. But he was a better player, Tyson Chandler was, in 2011 and 2012 than Kendrick Perkins was. He was also a better player in 2010. And, you know, he was always a better player, I think, than Kendrick Perkins ever was. I use that 2011 timeline because they were both on, you know, one was on the Thunder, one was on the Mavericks. They ran up against each other as well in the postseason. And you look, and that would have been the, the, the timeline for the Thunder. They would have traded for him in 2009. They would have had him through 11. And then he could have left or he could have re-signed in 2012. You and the, and the Dallas Mavericks chose not to re-sign him due to the lockout. Mark Cuban did not want to spend the money on him. It was a strange situation. But Tyson Chandler is one of the biggest reasons that that scrappy Mavericks team won a title. He could have done the same thing for the Thunder, something that Kendrick Perkins couldn't do. And look, Kendrick Perkins was a, a good player for the Thunder in the sense of he was that veteran in the locker room that really helped Russell Westbrook and, and, and Kevin Durant. No matter what Kevin Durant says now, that's kind of revisionist history. All I'm saying is that if you upgrade Kendrick Perkins to Tyson Chandler, this team was way more equipped to make a championship run. They almost still won the championship in, tw- in 2012 with Perkins. So... I just think that that's a much better upgrade and a much better fit around Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. And you also look back, and that trade for Tyson Chandler included Chris Wilcox, Joe Smith, and Devon Harden. It did not include Jeff Green, and we know the story behind Jeff Green, what happened after the Thunder traded him and how tragic his career went after he left Oklahoma City. But at the time, he was still a valuable asset that you can move him and, and get a different player that in, that is not Kendrick Perkins. So there's a ton of scenarios you can go through with Tyson Chandler if he comes to Oklahoma City in that trade. And, and what hurts the most is it was right there for the taking. And somewhere in the medical staff of the Thunder, it fell through. And that's my biggest what if. Because I truly believe, and there's no way to prove it, but I truly believe that the Thunder won the championship with Tyson Chandler the same way he impacted Dallas. I just really believe that. I want to talk about our good friends over at Blinkist. And it is one of the most useful apps on my phone. Blinkist is a very unique app that works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. And what it does is it can take a thousands and thousands and thousands of nonfiction books, almost any nonfiction book you can think of, and it allows you to consume it in just 15 minutes. You get all the need-to-know information, all of the valuable assets from that book in 15 minutes of either reading or just listening to somebody read it to you. It is a phenomenal use of your time because you can learn so many new things, so many new tricks and traits that you wouldn't otherwise know in just 15 minutes. I use it all the time while I'm sitting at my desk doing some work. I throw it on to learn new things from thousands of nonfiction books across the platform. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist is having a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it for free for seven days, and save 25% off your subscription. Again, that's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, 
and that is Blinkist.com slash NBA for your first seven days free and 25% off your subscription after that. Again, promo code NBA at Blinkist.com. You're not going to want to miss out on that promotion. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So that last what if was from Framus Jenkins at 1933 on Reddit. I'm still not saying that right, but this next what if is probably the craziest I've ever heard in my life as a Thunder fan. It is, what if the Thunder traded Russell Westbrook instead of James Harden? That's asked by Alex Elk on Reddit. And it's insane because the Thunder have 500 million what-ifs in their history. They've only been here, you know, 15 years or whatever, and they already have this laundry list of what-ifs. And yet, I've never heard this one in my life. So that's what makes it such a good what-if scenario. Also, the person notes that they would never have done this trade, but they're just throwing it out there. And I said it's interesting because... It's commonly referred to as, well, Sam Presti picked Ibaka over Harden. And he did do that. It's not that simple, as some people say. You know, it's just simply Ibaka versus Harden. But in a roundabout way, sure, I can see where you're getting that logic from. It's never referred to as Russell Westbrook versus James Harden. That's incredibly interesting to me. And you look into this, okay, and you take yourself back to that time period. Because right now, Russell Westbrook has this phenomenon around him. He has this cult-like love around him in Oklahoma City that can never be taken away because of all he's done throughout his career. But if you take it back to that time period, does it become more of a conversation? Russell Westbrook was for sure the more popular name still. He was for sure the name that was on the trajectory of a Hall of Famer already, where James Harden was still on the bench and was a nice, good player. But you look at those teams, and Harden controlled the offense very well You know, whenever he was on the floor. They played well with, hit, with the ball in his hands. Now, does he turn into the MVP, James Harden, in Oklahoma City, especially if he's around Russ and KD and having to kind of share the load there? You could say he would because, you know, that talent and is just God-given. But you can also say that, hey, there'd be too many cooks in the kitchen to where somebody has to limit the the touches they get, limit the shots that they get, and you're not taking that ball out of KD's hands. And Russell Westbrook has the personality where he's just going to go take it. So those are two alphas that are not going to give up shots. So I'm not sure indefinitely that James Harden grows into the player he once did in Houston, or he, he has in Houston, if he was still in Oklahoma City. But this conversation of what if they picked... Harden over Westbrook. I mean, you look, and let's just take it from this perspective. Let's fast forward to the present day. Would you have rather the team built around James Harden and KD for for those years, and then been left with only James Harden instead of left with only Russell Westbrook whenever KD bolted, or do you like the way it turned out? And this is an interesting one because you cannot really be wrong because both of them turned into MVPs. Both of them led their own teams to the playoffs. Both of them did things on their own that were historic. Both of them 
are all-star superstars MVPs. I mean, it's not like one player didn't pan out. It just comes down to, I think, the play style that you like to watch. Do you think that James Harden, by himself, creates more wins with his three-pointers, his step-backs, getting to the foul line? Or do you think that the leadership of Russell Westbrook, the tenacious offensive game where he's attacking the rim relentlessly, do you value that more offensively? One ages a lot better. James Harden will age a lot better than Russell Westbrook. He has aged a lot better than Russell Westbrook. But there's no wrong answer here. I think that if the Thunder somehow did trade Russell Westbrook back then instead of James Harden, you, you'll probably have the same amount of success, I want to say, just because I think that we often confuse how good Russell Westbrook was with KD. Because if you remember his time in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook was viewed as the enemy. He was viewed as the guy that wouldn't stop shooting. He wouldn't stop taking the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands. And you can sit there right now yelling at whatever device you're listening to this podcast on all you want to. The factual, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, it's true. Everyone was saying that, that Russ was too selfish. Russ took, took too many dumb shots. Russ was this and that, and they should have just had Kevin Durant shoot 100 times a game. That's what everyone thought. Kevin Durant was the golden boy. It wasn't always Russ. Russ became the golden boy once the golden boy left. And that's how it is. That's just how it is. So it gets kind of confusing, you know, for some fans of how good he was back then. You see now, never getting out of the first round, the inefficiencies in his game in Oklahoma City, which he's corrected in Houston. And it kind of clouds how good he was back then, because back then we didn't appreciate it. We were only focused on Kevin Durant. So this what-if, as you can tell, is one that creates a lot of rambling because there's like 50 million ways you can go with it, and it's a what-if that that I don't think anyone's ever thought of before in their entire life. I I don't think that I've ever heard this take before on any Thunder podcast, any Thunder, you know, subreddit, any Thunder Twitter account, any Thunder, you know, website. I've never heard this what-if of what if they pick James Harden. I think that James Harden in the modern day his ability to create shots for himself, his ability to shoot the three ball, his ability to get to the to the foul line. If you were left on an island with only James Harden to build around compared to Russell Westbrook, you'd take that. I think that you take Harden over Westbrook to build a team around from from 2017 on, which is, you know, whenever whenever Russ had the keys to the franchise, the the triple doubles were great. But I think that you can find more pairings with James Harden that makes him a winner than you can Russell Westbrook. And that's not, no knock on Westbrook, great player, amazing guy. But to answer the question, you're more prepared for Kevin Durant leaving if you tell me that James Harden is the guy that Sam Presti picks and also still turns into what he became. If he still turns into who we know James Harden is today and Russ still does the same thing as well, you're more prepared for life after KD with Harden than you were with Westbrook. Now, Westbrook had the personality. Westbrook had that ability to rally fans around him to make sure that even while the team wasn't as good, you still had you know that alpha in the building in Westbrook to rally a city, rally an organization, 
and just really drag you to the postseason that year because they had no business his MVP season being in the postseason and you know being the seed that they were. That was all just pure will from Russell Westbrook. But Harden plays a better game in 2020 than Westbrook. His game will age better moving forward than Westbrook. Eventually, father time catches up to everybody, and that, and that athleticism will fade away. You saw it happen with Dwayne Wade, and he held on for a few more years because he could develop a jump shot, which he didn't used to have. Are we confident Russ can do that? He's done, he's done a great job in Houston remodeling his game this year, load managing to help save his body, which he never did in Oklahoma City, not taking threes because he knows that's not who he is as a player and he should really focus on other aspects of the game, which is something, again, he didn't do in Oklahoma City. He's adjusted, and I want to see it continue, but I would feel more confident moving forward with James Harden. So there's a ton of great what-ifs on this podcast. Again, what if the, the, the Chandler trade goes through, which I think would have led to championships? What if Kevin Durant stays, which, again, I think would have led to championships? And then Arkansas Elk on Reddit gave us the unprecedented what-if of what if the Thunder pick James Harden over Russell Westbrook, which credit to Arkansas Elk on Reddit because, again, I've never heard that before ever on any thunder forum that high, that that question be thrown out there it's always been a baka or harden and i'm going to talk about this more in a future episode but it is pretty unfair what we do to to serge baka yes technically speaking if you want to just make it as as basic and have as little nuance as possible, you can say, in a way, it was hard, It was Abaka over Harden. Abaka was a really good player. And the game, you know, the NBA game and play style changed very quickly on Abaka. A more recent what-if involving the Thunder would be what if Andre Robertson does not get hurt. The team was playing incredible, even with Carmelo Anthony, who was turned into an escape goat, in all of this for Russell Westbrook and Paul George's shortcomings against Utah. You look at that team, they were playing some of the best defense in the NBA, if not the best defense in the NBA, whenever Andre Robertson was in the lineup. That goes away on a dime without Robertson. And whenever you see Mitchell and, and even Ricky Rubio just torch Russell Westbrook and the Thunder defense... In that playoff series, you cannot help but think that Andre would have stopped that and put an end to that in the first round. He was playing great basketball up to that point on the defensive end of the floor. Paul George was playing better in that role because for the first time really in his career, he didn't have to guard the top guy on the other side. You could leave that to Andre, and so that saves Paul George for the offensive side of the floor. You know, sure, Paul George still had to guard the number two guy, which nowadays in the NBA is still almost as hard as guarding the first guy, you know, the first scoring option for the other team, but it still helps you out whenever you're trying to conserve your energy and and be the leading scorer for your own team on the other end. So what if Andre doesn't get hurt? There's no way that they're going to win that championship, I don't think. I I don't think that they're championship contenders, but they're also not going to be embarrassed by the Utah Jazz. I mean, you think back to that first-round series, 
Ricky Rubio and company outright embarrassed the Oklahoma City Thunder. The lone bright spot being the 25-point comeback. Which, you know, I was at that game, was a fun game. Ultimately, though, Westbrook was scared and everyone was scared to drive on Rubio. Excuse me, on, on Gobert. Westbrook got outplayed by Ricky Rubio, of all people. He got outplayed by Ricky Rubio, which still to this day is is just mind-blowing that we have to say that out loud. But if you add Andre to that lineup, and there was other things you could have done, Billy Donovan could have moved quicker to that small ball lineup of, of Grant at the five and put Grant in the lineup more you know, as he saw you know, Mello get exploited. But I just I cannot stop myself from thinking, what if the Thunder had Andre? And we've overcorrected a little bit about just how good Andre was, just a little bit, because I don't think that he automatically makes them a title contender just because you add Andre Robertson to that lineup. They had flaws in their roster as we saw get exploited later on, you know, throughout the season in the postseason. Whenever Paul George doesn't show up in the postseason, when Russell Westbrook has a bad postseason, I think that those two things still happen with Robertson on the floor. He doesn't do much to help you offensively at all. He absolutely does nothing to help you offensively. But defensively, they're one of the best defenses in the NBA, in the NBA if not the best defense in the NBA, and that does go a long way in the first couple of rounds of the postseason. But I, I still cannot say that they're, they'd be championship-level good. You cannot predict that for, for gaining a Defensive Player of the Year candidate who offers nothing offensively. Nothing. So that's today's show. Let me know what you think about all the what-ifs we discussed. Again, you can find me on Twitter, at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Find me on Twitter over there. Let me know what you think about Tyson Chandler, Kevin Durant, Harden over Westbrook, and Andre Robertson returning or not returning to that OK3 squad. If you don't have Twitter, let me know on the email address, lothunderpod at gmail.com. I'm excited to be taking over the Locked on Thunder feed. The first two episodes are now in the book, and I cannot wait to continue this week on Friday right now. Head over to Locked on NBA to get some great national perspective of around the association. Be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.